800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. Good afternoon. I'm Jazz Garrett from the capital city on KINY. There was an accident in the Oak Bay roundabout early this morning that caused traffic to be redirected temporarily. News of the North has reached out to the Juneau Police Department for comment and we'll have more when the information becomes available. U.S. Senators Dan Sullivan and Steve Daines and American Legion Commander Daniel J. C. Hafer yesterday hosted a press conference celebrating newly imposed caps on the fees trial lawyers can charge in cases representing Marines, their families, and other individuals impacted by water contamination at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. The caps, announced in September, came after Senator Sullivan, with the strong support of the American Legion, fought to resolve the issue for more than a year in the Senate. In September, Senator Sullivan pressed the issue with U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland two weeks prior to the announcement of caps by the Department of Justice. As I've said on the Senate floor, I, I've, been, I've seen a lot of issues that call out for justice, but I've never seen one that calls out for justice so much like this. Think about it. This is a zero-sum game. Zero-sum game. The money's either going to go to sick Marines and their families who deserve it, or trial lawyers. And some of these firms are charging 70% fees, essentially taking all the money. Sullivan says this is a major victory for veterans. The Attorney General put out guidance. We can get it to you. It's on the Department of Justice webpage that law firms can get a maximum of 20% if they're doing administrative work and 25% if they are uh, actually litigating these claims. That's it. That's their caps. It's actually very fair, more than the bill that I had, but it's not 70%. It's not 65%. This is fairness for our veterans going into Veterans Day weekend. He is trying to get the word out as much as possible. If you're a veteran, from Camp Lejeune, anywhere in America, and you signed an agreement with a law firm that says, hey, that law firm's going to get 70% of your money? Wrong answer. Wrong answer. That's against the law. I heard it directly from the Attorney General of the United States of America. Commander of the American Legion Post 25, Duff Mitchell, and Vice Commander Bill Clinton joined Capitol Chat to talk about Veterans Day this Saturday. Clinton gives details on the history of Veterans Day. The armistice, that is a secession of hostilities, occurred on November 11th of 1918, and that seems to be the, the date that everybody then really remembered. President Woodrow Wilson, one year after that ar- armistice, uh, is the one who proclaimed November 11th as the first commemoration of Armistice Day. And of course, it's the 11th hour when it was signed, the 11th hour or the 11th day of the 11th month. 1938, it actually became a federal holiday following, unfortunately, it wasn't the war to end all wars. And you had World War II and Korea that followed on the heels of that. And a lot of the veteran uh, groups lobbied to have the name changed to be more uh, representative of everyone who, who served, uh, to have the name changed to Veterans Day. On June 1, 1954, President Eisenhower signed legislation officially changing the name to Veterans Day. There are over 2,000 veterans in Juneau. And it's a tribute to all the veterans, living or dead, whether um, in war or peace. It's anybody who's been, who's been in the uniform. And so uh, it's a very, very special day. 
Cotton also recognizes a recent passing of a past commander of the Veterans of Foreign Wars, past commander of the American Legion, and a Purple Heart recipient. One of our strongest uh, uh, advocates for that. Uh, I was going to be here for, for the first time on this Veterans Day, uh, Tim Armstrong. He passed away just recently, and, and he was probably one of the strongest proponents for veterans in this, this town has seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Armstrong served for years as a veterans service officer. Dan McCrumman also came on with the VFW to talk about the American Legion's event this Saturday. Well, we're joining in with the American Legion uh, for the event Saturday. That's uh, Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, Ballroom 3 at Centennial Hall. We'll open the doors at 1030. Like we've had in the past, uh, lots of room to have a seat, and we'll start at 11 o'clock. We have uh, Coast Guard Chaplain Sutton's going to give the invocation and benediction. We have uh, Coast Guard Captain Cole, the uh, uh, District 17 Chief of Staff, I believe, is going to be our keynote speaker. And a Veterans Day event for Southeast Alaska Native veterans will also be held Saturday at the Elizabeth Paradovich Hall at 11.30 a.m. The public is encouraged to attend both events to show their support for the men and women who have served. Coming up next on News of the North, a deeper look into predicting the Suicide Basin Glacier Outburst Flood 2023 and beyond. That story next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Senior Service Hydrologist with the National Weather Service, Aaron Jacobs, and University of Alaska Southeast Professor of Environmental Science, Aaron Hood, talked with News of the North about their recent evening at Egan Lecture, the Suicide Basin Glacier Outburst Flood 2023 and beyond. Hood explains the challenges they are facing around prediction. Understanding how much water is going to come out, and it's really variable year to year from what we've seen so far. Sometimes it drains out halfway, sometimes it drains out almost all the way, which is what we saw this year for the first time. And there are other years where it just drains out slowly over several months and there's really no outburst flood at all, even though at the point that it started draining, there was a lot of water in the basin. And we don't have a way because we can't see the conduits where the water is draining, We just don't have a way to be able to effectively predict what kind of release we're going to get. The variability is much larger now. I mean, I would expect that there will be a lot of years with smaller events. The question is, how many years we'll have events of a similar size, and will we get the conditions to have an event of even a larger size? And that's really the unknown that we're trying to focus on right now. Once the outburst flood starts taking place, Jacob says they can start looking at the curve and compare it to previous years. When we're in the event, we can see the rate of rise and how that's changing throughout the, uh, the time. So we can see, like, is this continuing to speed up? Is it starting to slow down? We have an idea of where we're at uh, in the event itself. Is it halfway through? Is it starting to, like Aaron was saying, close up? So then maybe we're um, coming to the end of the events and see what the camera images are also showing to see how much water is still left in there. There's a bunch of different things that we can do, not just before and after event, but even during the event of improving that forecast. So having the public stay tuned and stay up to date on any changes to that forecast is really critical. Hood says eventually Juno won't have to worry about the Elmpers flood anymore, but that could be decades away. So the ice dam is the key feature that you need in place to create the conditions 
uh, necessary for the flood. We know that the ice dam is thinning because Mendenhall Glacier is wasting away, uh, in some cases, multiple meters per year, the ice is thinning. And so the modeling that we've done in terms of the retreat of Mendenhall Glacier and when it might retreat up uh, valley to the point where it doesn't block off the basin anymore, uh, looks like it could happen anywhere between maybe late 2040s into 2060s, something along those lines. Jacobs adds that figuring out the total amount of ice loss and ice gain within the basin will also be helpful. The National Weather Service, UAS, the City and Borough of Juneau, and the U.S. Geological Survey work closely together in these efforts. Nowhere else in the world has an outburst flood monitoring program like Juno's, according to Jacobs. The National Weather Service may expand monitoring other outburst floods across Alaska in the future. The public can stay up to date via the National Weather Service Juno website, and the full lecture is available to watch on the UAS YouTube page. And Suicide Basin is likely getting a new name. The goal of changing the name stemmed from community concerns to be sensitive around the topic of suicide. There is actually no official name for the basin on the map. University of Alaska Southeast Professor Kune Lance Twitchell provided a list of traditional name suggestions for what is currently being called Suicide Basin. Hood says this is what they chose from the, his suggestions. And we chose the name Kukskadi, which means the Martins Rock Slide. That was the, the name that we chose. And then uh, there's someone at the university who's filling out an application to the Board of Geographic Names. And the more we use the name Kukskadi in public, the more justification there is. And Ducks Unlimited is hosting a family-friendly banquet this Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Vice President of the local chapter of Ducks Unlimited, Derek Larson, talks about the event. We're having an event this weekend at 5.30 at Centennial Hall. It's the Ducks Unlimited Banquet to support the international organization of Ducks Unlimited in our and our goal to conserve wetlands. We're going to have a big meal. Uh, Breeze Inn is providing our catering for us. So you know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we're going to have a live auction, a silent auction, a bunch of raffles, lots of prizes, guns to give away. And like I said, all that money that's spent there is going to go directly to wetland conservation. Youth are highly encouraged to attend. There are a lot of different items from local businesses up for auction and raffle. Tickets are encouraged to be bought beforehand, but they'll also be available at the door. You can go to ducks.org to learn more. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis.